This is episode number 292 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jesse Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hello, friends. It's Jesse and Anita, and we want to say a huge thank you to all our listeners. We've reached over a million downloads, which Jess and I are so excited about, and we wanted to do a little giveaway to say thank you to everyone who's listened, whether you've listened from the start or you're a newer listener. So to enter the giveaway, you're going to leave a review on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts, and then take a screenshot share it to your Instagram stories and tag us at to birth and beyond podcast. So then we know who wrote it. Cause that's a thing, Jess, don't you find when we look at reviews, we love seeing them, but we don't always know who they're from. So this way we'll know actually that you wrote it. And so that'll be your entry into the giveaway. And if you've already left us a review, thank you so much. That really helps the podcast reach a further audience. And so you would just take a screenshot of the review you've left previously and do the same thing, tag us on Instagram stories at To Birth and Beyond podcast. And what we'll do is we will close the giveaway Wednesday, July 5th at midnight. And then we will announce on Instagram on Friday, July 7th, the two winners. And so the two winners, you'll each get an option of either choosing my Prepare You and Your Public Floor for Pushing On Demand Workshop or one month membership in Jesse's To Pregnancy and Beyond. Thank you so much, y'all, for listening and supporting us. We've been doing this for five years now, and to reach 1 million downloads is just, it was such a dream for us to get to do this, and we're just so grateful to be able to continue talking to you every week. Hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell. And Anita Lambert. Today, we're talking about probably one of my favorite conversations. And that is what are your reasons for exercising that are non-diet based? And that means outside of wanting to see a smaller number on the scale or lose body fat, what else is there? And we are not here to tell you that a weight loss or a fat loss goal is inherently bad, or you shouldn't do that. We believe that everyone can do what they want to do with their own bodies. And that said, we operate as health and fitness practitioners who are non-diet based. We are not coaching or leading our clients to get smaller bodies. That is, uh, that is what we have decided that fits into our value system personally and professionally. And so we want to give you other reasons. We want to introduce to you or have you think about 
why you might want to exercise that has nothing to do with changing your body composition or fitting into a smaller pair of pants. So let's do it. Anita, kick us off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why don't we start with even why we find our clients want to exercise when they come to work with either of us. I find as a physiotherapist, it's, I would say the most common reasons would be a, to help with whatever symptoms they're having. So whether it's pain, it could be pelvic floor symptoms. It could be pain anywhere in their body. Um, or it could be, they want to get ahead. So they want to try to prevent as much as they can, uh, regardless of where they are in life. But because a lot of my clients are either trying to conceive or pregnant or within those first 10 years postpartum, a lot of times it'll be around those periods of life. So in pregnancy, they want to stay feeling good. They want to stay active. They want to stay moving. And then also postpartum now to be able to care for this little one um, and that little one as they grow. So that's often why I find my clients um, end up wanting to include exercise in their life. What about you, Jess? Yeah, cool. I love to hear that. It's so interesting because we're in similar fields, but slightly different. And I am in the fitness industry, which can come with a lot of messy feelings towards body and exercise inherently. So our program and specifically to pregnancy and beyond, which is our fitness coaching program for pregnancy, postpartum and parenthood, people are coming to us knowing that it is non-diet. We are not helping them to lose weight for fat loss. And that generally tends to be the first time in their lives they're approaching exercise from this place. They have probably tried lots of diets in the past. Their relationship to exercise has been built around trying to change their body composition. So we're doing just all sorts of mindset work to get people to detach from exercise equals body gets smaller. So I would say a lot of our clients are still coming in with the mindset of exercise has usually changed my body. It has usually made it smaller, but I don't want to do that anymore. But they're still probably feeling some pangs of that. And that's just so normal and so common and can last really for years, even when you are doing this type of body image or mindset work. So then they have realized exactly the same as your clients. They want to feel better in their body this current version of their body, whether it's in pregnancy, postpartum, years postpartum, is just different. So they need an approach to exercise that helps them to feel better in it. Pain, symptoms, energy, mood, they want to sleep better. That tends to be the stuff that comes up for them. But as I said, with a side of trying to move further away from these diet culture type of ideas around exercise. So why don't we go into kind of our own journeys with exercise? I feel like we've kind of shared a little bit over the years. I feel like I haven't shared a whole lot. Um, and I do feel like now being in this area more and more and hearing you talk, Jess, and just being more uh, seeing the fitness side of exercise that kind of my journey with, with exercise, my relationship with exercise has been really different. I'd be curious if anyone listening has had a similar journey. Um, I'm very grateful for it now that I've heard what a lot of people have gone through. For me, exercise, I started 
dance when I was three. I grew up playing sports, um, a variety of sports. And then the two I was most serious in were basketball and rowing. And I remember even in grade school that my parents would go to the Y, my mom would do, you know, the aerobics classes, everyone can picture. I even would do them with her and I find it so adorable. So my daughter, who's now seven, sometimes in the summer, if she's with, um, staying with my parents uh, to be watched during the day or on a weekend, she'll go and she's done classes with my mom. And I'm just like, I love it. I remember doing that. And she's totally into it. Um, But (laughs) also with that, it's so cute. And I love seeing her relationship to movement too. She just loves it. And I see she's got also the musical side. So she loves to dance the same as I have. And so even with that, I remember being interested in learning about weight. So I was in elementary school when I was learning about weights at the gym, nothing super intense, but just, I think that curiosity has really helped um, over the years. And then I really got into it, which now it actually sounds pretty young, Um, grade nine, when I started rowing, that was part of our routine. Like you had to be doing strength training in the gym. We learned all the effective and safe ways to be strength training and um, endurance running. So to help during an actual race. So that's really what led me into it. So like grade nine, I would say since that have been pretty consistent with strength training, but looking back, it was never to do with changing my body it was always about sport specific. So how can I get stronger? How can I get faster? Um, And what's interesting is that then translated to basketball because whether it's jump height, whether it's like shooting, um, so many benefits crossed over to that, which was great. And then even dance. And I remember my dance teacher mentioned to some of the other girls in my class being like, you should really consider strength training and running. Like a neat, like my endurance had really changed because as a dancer, especially when you're performing, you're essentially doing a sprint on stage for usually a few minutes, but it's like the more, the more endurance you have, the more ability to breathe through it, the more strength you have, there's just so much benefit comes out of it. So I saw it translate into those other activities I really enjoyed, which was awesome. So what I've really learned like over the years is exercise, especially strength training for me has just become a habit. It's I'm very unattached to the outcome. Yes. I always want to start like lifting heavier or increasing, like whatever it is, increasing volume. Like it's one of those things where that's always been something I've loved doing, but the, what I'm looking for the outcome is just so different because it started for me as it's going to help a specific activity, help me be better at it. And then what I've seen over the years now as an adult, um, while I don't play team sports now, it's more all individual things I enjoy doing, but even rock climbing, which I would love to get back into. I did that a lot before having kids and I could see how the strength and mobility really played a a role with rock climbing. And then when I went into pregnancy, that consistency was already there. I was tired, especially I would say with my second, we did an episode about this. You can always listen back to Justin. I shared about our um, strength training experiences or exercise with both of our pregnancies. My first, I was able to be way more active. I had so much more energy with number two. If anyone's pregnant right now with number two or beyond, you know what we're talking about. The fatigue is higher. So the kind of the amount of time I would strength training, the amount was shorter. Um, and I did a lot more mobility work. I would say in pregnancy is the time I probably do the most um, and early postpartum, but it was just 
a habit and maybe I adjusted it depending on my fatigue levels or postpartum, early postpartum, like the amount I was lifting would be less, but it would gradually build up again because I knew I'm going to be carrying a baby. I'm going to be carrying a baby in a car seat and a toddler. Um, so just for me, my relationship with exercise has just been a habit. Um, and I just find I, and maybe I should talk about it more on social media. I don't know. You can let me know, but I just find, I don't really hear that being talked about. Um, and I don't know if I, I'm one of the few that actually has experienced that, that I haven't related it to changing my, my body size. Um, but I also know that also comes with privilege too, because I've been typically in a smaller body throughout my life. So I didn't really have that pressure on me. Um, which is interesting because dance, typically that would be um, a sport or an art that that would be placed on you. And I just didn't really feel that. And then with rowing, um, for anyone who's rowed, like there's different, there's lightweight, midweight and heavyweight. Um, and I thought I was lucky there too, because I was just over being a lightweight. So I was the only midweight in kind of my high school at the time. So they put me with the heavyweights. So I had to pull my share. So that's where they were like, you need to strength train. You need to be keeping up. Like I'm five, nine. And I was the shortest and same with like muscle mass. Like I, I was the smallest, so I had to carry my weight and, you know, in terms of being able to keep up with the heavy weights. So I think that was actually a good thing because I did see my friends who were lightweights and there was always that pressure of not gaining weight. And I never just had that experience. So I just feel really, really grateful for both of those experiences because it totally could have gone the other way. Um, but I also take this as like, I want this for my daughter. I want this for her generation, but I want this for our generation. And I so love what you do, Jess, of getting that, you know, that message out there of like, being just making it a habit, making it consistency, like not have it be related to your body. Your body might change, like that might be a, a byproduct of doing it. Um, but I think when you find all these other reasons, like I've never had a negative relationship to exercise, and I just don't want to lose that. So yeah, so that's kind of my my journey with it. And now, yeah, I basically strength train. Um, and for me, five days a week has just been my habit. Are there times where I'm not doing five days a week? Yep. Am I putting pressure on myself to do it? Nope. There's weeks where between what the going on with the kids or if I'm sick, that doesn't happen. That has just been a habit for me and it will fluctuate every week. Um, but I just think it would be great for that message to be out there more. And I just really hope for Pippa, like for my daughter and for my son too, he loves getting involved with exercise as well and playing sport. And I just think if we could have that connection of it making you faster, stronger, um, and part of those activities day to day, that that could be a relationship that will stick with you as you grow. Yeah. I mean, that's the freaking dream to have a relationship to exercise like you have had. It seems so rare. <laughs> like. So I jealous. didn't realize that until honestly with the podcast, like I've learned that and I'm just like, I, I didn't actually realize that before. So yeah. yeah. And I super appreciate you saying that, you know, we can't have conversations about bodies and exercise without positioning them with our privilege, 
always. Yeah. We definitely try to do that. And it's just super important. We're both, yeah, we both have to recognize that and having these conversations. And there's just such stark differences in how, you know, for example, with your rowing and how mm-hmm. they were like, we need you to be strong and powerful. And like, you could, could you please gain weight? Could you please gain mass? (laughs) That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I mean, Frank, I've talked about this so many times now and still love to, but my experience was starting at eight years old in gymnastics, wanting to be a competitive gymnast. I was in the recreational once a week class, but the big girls would train at the same time. And I would see them doing flips and all sorts of cool tricks. And I was like, I want to be able to do that. But noticing and recognizing from eight years old that my body was different than theirs. They had smaller bodies than I had. And me equating that to, okay, my body needs to be smaller to be a competitive gymnast and to do tricks like the older girls. And I like vividly remember them getting weighed in the gym. I remember the scale in the gym immediately when you come out of the, you know, like locker room doors and they would be weighed and the male gymnast would be weighed too. Like, how do these situations not fuck you up from that age? I'm sure most of those people dealt with them body image issues and probably still are dealing with body image issues because it's so much work to undo that. So for me, it really started at eight. That led into an eating disorder, anorexia from eight through 11-ish. And what is even more like a bummer is that I did become a competitive gymnast, but I think they probably took notice to me. The coaches, the head coaches probably did take notice to me once my body did get smaller, which is a mess in itself. And it's so interesting because then fast forward to university days, I got back into gymnastics with my university team and my coach there really changed so much for me. He was so focused on strength training. We did so much conditioning type exercise, but all in the name of getting stronger, more powerful, quicker, being able to gain harder skills. And it was so cool on that team because we were in university, we were twenties, we had master students, PhD students. So like late twenties and everyone had all sorts of kinds of bodies. And that just really started to change so much to me. And I just forever grateful to him. Shout out to Peter. We love you. He came to our wedding. (laughs) He's the best. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So then I went through, my 20s was really a period of, I would say the first half of my 20s when I was personal training in person, a bajillion hours a day, seeing all sorts of clients. I was still really roped into the using exercise to control my body to some degree. I didn't want my body to get bigger. And for a long time, it was, I wanted my body to get smaller. Then it just became to maintain my weight and to not get bigger. So there was so much anti-fatness still built into it. And then basically for me, for the last 10 years, it's been just trying to peel that all apart and to allow my body to do whatever it needs to do and still to take care of myself through exercise and the other tools that I have available to myself now. 
And I think that'll probably be a continual process for me forever because bodies change and that's the thing. And we have experienced that through a couple of pregnancies and postpartum, but we'll continue to experience that because that is the lifespan of having a body. It's just going to get different all the time. So just finding a lot of ease now and just allowing that. And again, using exercise just to take care of myself physically, mentally, emotionally, to keep as much muscle mass on my body as I possibly can. I'm going to turn 36 soon. So like into perimenopause and menopause and to keep my bones as strong as I can, like that's really where it's at for me now. Yeah. And I love hearing that because I do I see much more. I'm 39 now. So I'm like getting closer. And what I love seeing is, yeah, strength training in terms of perimenopause and menopause is actually being talked about way more because before it wasn't right. And then now so many issues in terms of bone density. So the fact that strength training, especially has so many benefits um, as we get older. And so I have clients who are in that stage too, that are like, now this is my focus because now I've heard this is a benefit. So just giving you other reasons. Another thing I would say too, kind of going back to if you are someone who does love activities like Jess and I do, I look at strength training as is it, it allows me to jump back into a sport or activity without feeling like I'm back at zero. So throughout, I kept dancing throughout, I, I stopped class, it was kind of just before I guess Pippa, before I got pregnant with Pippa. So kind of up into my like early 30s. Um, and then even basketball, like I love in the summer, my son loves it. And like, I still have a pretty good shot, even though it's like <laughs> yeah. I'm not playing like as often or like I'm not playing games, but strength training throughout the year means I can jump back into that. And when I, I really want to get back into rock climbing and I know getting back into it, I'm not going to be back at square one again. So I think that's something to keep in mind too. It just gives you options. And that's what I hear a lot postpartum. Like when we talk about with clients, either I'll start talking when they're pregnant. I'm like, what do you want to get back to postpartum that I could help support you get back to and feel good? And a lot of times the goal is to have the option to blank. If I want to go for a run, I want to be able to without peeing my pants. If I want to, you know, again, go rock climbing. If I want to do something, I just want the opportunity to do that and my body to feel good. So think of that too with exercise, whether it's, you know, yoga, Pilates, strength training, whatever it is, that kind of exercise actually gives you more opportunity to do other activities whenever you feel like you want to jump into them. Yeah, it's so true. And I've been experiencing that right now because every spring into pregnancy and beyond, we do this eight week run sprinting program. Mm -hmm. And it's the only time I run throughout the year. But the last three years, I just, I can just jump into it and be pretty okay. I'm like, it's so interesting how some regular consistent strength training really does take care of so many of your physical needs. Mm -hmm. And even gymnastics, I feel like you've kind of gotten back to at like gymnastics as an adult. And I feel like all the mobility, but also strength training you've done has really helped you be able to jump back into it. There's always, you know, it doesn't feel exactly the same as before, but it gives you opportunity to be back at a level higher than if you hadn't done any for years. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And it is the level of trust that I have in my body. I really thank strength training for that because 
yeah, I know that I probably could go to adult gymnastics next week and throw some flips around and I'd be okay. And that's so cool. Yeah, that, yeah, that's amazing. I hate going upside down. So that, that <laughs> won't be me. <laughs> but yeah, I just think it's interesting to look back. And I think then also we'll be able to keep an eye out in our kids generation of things. Like I go back to rowing and like, I remember the lightweights, like we'd all go for a run. They'd have a garbage bag under their clothes and we wouldn't. And at the time that seemed normal, as weird as that sounds. Um, and even with dance, right? So like my goal initially was to be a professional ballet dancer. That's where I wanted to go. Um, but I felt for me, it was height. I was way too tall too soon. So I liked that that was the messaging to me. It wasn't about, and you can't change your height. Um, so it wasn't really around changing other parts. It was like, basically, I would be too tall for that. Um, so that's why I went into physio to still, still work with dancers and athletes. Um, but I just think it's like the messaging that we get with those activities. So I think it's great for our generation to notice that in our kids. But I, I feel like it's like our generation can still get that. It's not too late for our generation to actually change that messaging around our relationship to exercise. Yeah. And it's going to be work. Yeah. It is going to be work. I mean, like I was saying, I've really been doing a lot of this body image work for 10 years straight now. And I feel good. And I have a completely different relationship to my body now. And there's still days where I'm like, oh, I could totally spiral down a path today and I have to coach myself back out of it. But just know that it might be the most important work you really ever do personally for yourself to experience your body differently and with ease and joy. I mean, oh, it just impacts everything you do. So we hope that episode was helpful with, you know, diving into your own relationship with exercise or maybe habits that you want to, you want to start or that you already have set. And we would love to hear from you over on Instagram. Be sure to DM us at Two Birth and Beyond podcast, and then we will see you on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher.